welcome to the Mostly Mobile Games Podcast, episode 144. That is 12 squared. We're recording on Wednesday, September 7th, 2022. I'm your host, Chris. And today I'm joined, just like last week, by Angie Stellar Smalls. Angie, what's going on? Uh, not much. We're already getting some Twitter activity, and that makes me kind of excited. <laughs> it's been really awesome to see folks jump into some of the conversations we're having on Twitter. It's been really fun to follow. I know we'll get into that a little bit uh, later when we do our question of the day or of the week. Question of the day and of the week. Uh, you know, the, yeah. It's, uh, question of the week is inclusive of it also being question of the day, I think, if you were like to look at an umbrella, you know, or question of the day is inclusive of of it also being the question of the week. Because as long as there's no other questions this week, the question of the day could also be the question of the week. No, I've never taken the LSAT. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say that. That makes sense. Let's go with it. Let's go with it. Um, enough law school jokes for the day. Uh, we're going to jump into the lowdown. If you want to be a part of the conversation, or if you have a pressing question that you want us to weigh in on, the obvious best way to reach us is on our Twitter account, as we were just saying, at MN Gamers Podcast. If you don't tweet, you can send an email the good old-fashioned way to podcast at mostlynormalgamers.com. Mostlynormalgamers.com is our website. Go ahead and check it out. It's a great way to access some of our episodes if you're not interested in listening on a podcast app on your phone. You can sign up for our old newsletter at mngamers.substack.com and check out the back issues there. And finally, our Google Voice, Google Text line is 507-291-2991, where you can chirp in and have your uh, voice and opinions heard on the show. With the rundown out of the way, I would love to hear about what you've been playing since we last talked, Angie. I am in the mood for Halloween. Already. The Oktoberfest beers hit the shelf at the start of the month, and all of a sudden, it's spooky season? It's spooky season. I'm. Uh, we love... Halloween in this house. So um, I dusted off the Luigi's Mansion 3 and I have to finish that. <laughs> oh, nice. I um, Maybe I should take this as inspiration to do the same. I, I had been playing it two years ago during Halloween season and then we just, you know, October yeah. flew by and we never closed uh, the door on it. Um, are you playing it single player or co-op? Single player. I actually did not realize that you could do co-op. That's actually really intriguing. Um, but yeah, I'm just intriguing. doing. I'm doing single player. I decided to go back and find all the gems that I missed, which actually wasn't that many. So that was kind of impressive for myself. I thought. Um, and I have to do. I'm on floor twelve, and I think there's two more after that, or one floor, and then the boss. Oh wow! After. So you're like much further into the game than I ever got. That's so. Cool. Oh really? Yeah, we I think are maybe at like floor four or so, five. We're oh. lower levels uh, in the elevator. Um, but I, um, that feeling, like you, you touched on it just in the way that you talked about 
the game of like it's such a collectibles game like you just want to like open every door and like vacuum every single surface and interact with every possible thing like it's so rewarding like having all of that money and gems and stuff like pop out and i i found that really fun and like I don't know. It's like almost like a uh, getting to clean up a messy room, which is on the nose because you use a vacuum yes. in the game, I guess. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah. it hits that same part of my brain where it's like, ah, yes, this is pristine now. Yeah. I have it all. Yeah. And I actually like found because obviously you like if you didn't find the gem, you find new areas. And one of the oh, I don't want to spoil anything. Hold on, let me double check. I want to make sure what floor and what I'm talking about. Let's see what floor is that on. Okay, let's see. I think, yeah, okay. So you probably had seen the the cooking room because i think that's on floor two that sounds correct yes because there's like a whole banquet hall area and you have to like chase the mice around with cheese yeah and that might have been the one kitchen. of the last actually one of the last things we did but i it's been like two years like my memory is bad for it too. Well, but we did do we did do the kitchen and the banquet hall for sure yeah so that one is like you i didn't know i didn't realize i guess that you could open up the freezer doors that are in the back of the room in the kitchen area oh right yeah and i'll give you a little tip if you haven't found this already when you start that game back up um in the left freezer there's a jewel i can't remember which color i'm thinking purple but it could be incorrect it could be the clear one too um but anyway so in on one of the shelves there's a block of ice with the gem in there so you have to take the ice to the burners that are on and it melts it and then you get the gem right. but there's also a giant fish back there that's alive and he's trying to chomp at you and then he ends up freezing it's interesting <laughs> it's such like it's in full game i like the game it's uh, i'm getting into it now i'm curious to see how floor 12 will how that will become and I like that, like, the puzzle design is very intuitive. This is frozen. I need to find something to melt it, right? Yeah. Um, yep, like, that yep. kind of, like, elemental level of puzzle solving is yes. really interesting to me. Because I think, I know um, certain listeners probably get tired of me making comparisons to my favorite game all the time, but it... it it's reminiscent of like the way it's certainly not on the same scale as breath of the wilds, like weather and environmental systems, but, it, but it touches on the same thing where it's like the thing works the way it's supposed to work in real life. Right. Right. Whether or not yes. it's like actually melting at the rate of the ice cube and the would the water put the fire out, who cares the, you solved the puzzle because of real world knowledge and it worked the way it was supposed to work. And that's really satisfying. It is very much. Yeah, I agree. That's, um, and I, I like how they have the different floors being different things versus like, you know, a hotel being the same floor, like sim all over same and things. Over again. Yeah. So, uh, it's fun, but, um, 
when think about like in real life how cool it would be to visit a hotel that has a different theme and purpose to every floor like it if it wasn't so cool. if it wasn't haunted by a bunch of ghosts like it, it it's very like fun and silly and like has that like spark of joy that i think nintendo does a good job of, of finding in things right i mean if it had these ghosts and if i had a flashlight in a vacuum i think i'd be fine i think we'd be I fine feel like you could hold your own if luigi can hold his own come on dude you got this i know <laughs> i got right. much love to luigi i was a luigi main for a minute in smash bros melee but like that guy's a scaredy pants so <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That, that clown, he gets scared real easy. Real quick, yeah. He's shaking when he just feels the presence of a ghost. And he wants I know. Him. Oh, my God. Those animations are so good. <laughs> he, like, him, one of my favorite touches in all of the Luigi's Mansions games, and I'm sure I've said this previously when we've talked about it, is he whistles along to the theme song nervously to kind of, like, ease his fear. <laughs> am i projecting am i like is luigi the most chris video game character probably but you gotta respect the man it's very cute and like i yeah. love the music in the game too i think it's like phenomenal music. yeah it's it's a good game to go back to it and i was like it took me a second to re-figure out the buttons but it, it didn't take long whatsoever so it was very like ease of use basically and it's a great time to get your Switch back out because Splatoon comes out, like, this week, I think. Yes. Yeah. Anyways, I, like, the reviews just dropped today, and I don't know. I dropped. Splatoon is one of those games where it's like, if I don't pick it up now, I won't be able to hang competitively. Not that I'm, I think it's, like, more forgiving competitively, and, like, I could never, I mean, I, I don't know. It's like they don't front end a lot of the like matchmaking in it, but like anytime a multiplayer game comes out, I have that extra pressure to jump in when it's new so that you can kind of get your feet under you while it still has a big player base because then once it's just the hardcore people, it's miserable. Anyways. Are you, I was just looking at Splatoon on the Switch launching September 9th. Friday, 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 when the episode drops. Mm-hmm. Everything's dropping on Friday, apparently. Or at least this I, weekend. This, yeah. I am not planning on getting it. I, I love Splatoon. I think we talked about it last week a little yeah. bit. But I... Well, this is a good transition into what I've been playing. So um, the first thing I want to talk about is a game called Immortality. Um, it's by Sam Barlow, is the game designer on it, who's the person who did Her Story and Telling Lies, which are like those um, kind of like FMV-inspired games where you scrub through video footage or like watch different video footage and try and like solve mysteries. I have never played either of those, um, but... Uh, someone who used to be affiliated with my favorite video game podcast, other than Mostly Normal Gamers, uh, which is Waypoint Radio, um, produced this one. Uh, she, she was, she, it was her first game that she worked on called Immortality, um, which is produced by Half Mermaid and Sam Barlow's the developer. Um, and so uh, this person affiliated with Waypoint and Waypoint Radio was involved with this game. And so it, it moved it up in the queue for my brain. I was like, oh, I have to check it out. 
it's on game pass right now and it also like ties into a lot of my interest i i took some film studies courses in college and it's all about film it's it's um the premise is you are given a moviola which is a device um that you used to use to scrub through film footage when it was like physical film um it's it's like way out of date at this point and uh you have all of the footage and behind the scenes footage making of footage of three of this um kind of mythological actresses works of three unreleased movies um and i believe the premise is that you're trying to solve why the three movies were not ever released um so what ends up happening is you start the game and you're presented with this massive grid of different pictures of different potential uh starting points in terms of like scenes from one of the movies or scenes from the background to pick from and as soon as you pick it all of the other ones disappear and as you watch one of the clips and scrub through it or play it on the moviola you know the fictional moviola it's just like the interface you're playing the game on yeah yeah given the opportunity to pause it and enter picture mode where you can then move your cursor around and say um say you see the main actress and I, you know the names are escaping me because i literally played this after we recorded the podcast last week so it's been it's been a week since i touched it but um been a minute it's been i can't do the math in my head but it's been a lot of minutes angie it's been in the thousands of minutes um but basically you you pause the scene in the in the movie and then you're able to move your cursor around and if an eyeball appears you can press a and it will as if you've clicked on a hyperlink on a website link you to a different video clip at a different moment with that image connecting the two um so an example is you could click on water in a scene where she's in a bathtub and it'll take you to a scene with water somewhere completely different maybe from a completely different movie or from the background production as opposed to the movie that's being made and so you're slowly working your way through these clips trying to piece together the narrative of three different movies and the production of those three different movies and you're trying to track all of like all of the actors so it's so meta right you have the first layer there are actors portraying these people in the video game, right? Actors made this game, right? Because it's all live action footage. Above that, those actors are playing actors. And then above that, the actors that those actors are playing are playing parts in three different movies, right? And so one of the narratives, and I think the true narrative that you're trying to piece together is what happens between these actors, the characters who are actors and in, in the background production of the game to have caused the movies to never be released what traumas have happened what bad thing has happened um i did a quick google search just to like try and make sure i had some facts straight about immortality and um it categorizes the game uh somewhere as a horror game uh, when i just google searched immortality game it said you know horror game and i that's At what most, I've seen. And I was like, how is it scary? Is it supposed to be or? There, uh, some of the, so the three, it's three different movies set in three different eras. Generally they're like B 
B-movie style thrillers, like, you know, like, sorry about the weird change of pace in the episode. We ran into a recording error in the midst of me talking about immortality, but we'll pick it up right here. Uh, and thanks for bearing with us. So the ways in which there's horror in the game, I think are really interesting and it's unconventional, right? So the, the movie footage that you're looking at is often removed from context right away. And like, if you click on one of those like images that pulls you at like a hyperlink into another, you know, clip of the movie or a clip of a different movie, sometimes it'll be in the middle or even the end of that clip with no context. And so like, maybe you'll see a person like posing sort of naked because it's all a little bit lurid sexual shit in some of these movies and like staring off with a blank stare into the distance or maybe you'll see an extreme close-up of one of their eyes but on the side because you clicked on an eye in a previous image but then they decided the eye is going to be way up in your camera right interesting and there's a horror to that imagery without context and to the way that you're cutting quickly from one thing and then you click this button and then all of a sudden, well, I just clicked on that person's face and now it's just their eye on the side, you know, as they're lying down or something, right? Yeah. There's discomfort created from that. Um, I don't want to say anything more about what may or may not make it a horror game, um, but uh, I played probably like an hour and did find a phenomenal hook in this game that like just talking about it and remembering how in the moment I was with it like prepared me to be like, okay, I, I have to go back. Um, it's supposed to be about five hours long. And so I think it's like very manageable, but you know, it, it had uh, supposedly it has the clips from three move like movies of presumably like an hour and a half in length, plus background footage of the production and rehearsal of those movies. So it, I think there, you know, maybe if you're like a completionist and want to see absolutely all of it, maybe it'll be longer, but um, I've heard about a five hour playtime. So that's not um, bad. No, I, it, it seems really, really cool. And, you know, um, I do want to say, like, keep in mind, um, I've not played Sam Barlow's other games, which also all involve, you know, her story. You're watching a, a police interview, detective interview with a person to try and understand what's happened and solve a mystery, right? Like, this is my first time experiencing the magic trick that these games do. And so that's been really cool, too. Um, and... I think it's the kind of horror that I can vibe with. Sometimes, you know, more like graphic stuff, like really gory things yeah. in terms of horror. Not really my bag. I don't want to watch Saw. I don't want to watch Hostel, right? Like, not for me. But but more of these, like, provocative, like, psychological, scary, disturbing, unsettling spaces. Give me some Stanley Kubrick. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's more my speed. All of that comes with the caveat that John Carpenter's The Thing is like one of my favorite movies ever. <laughs> um, but, um, so that's Immortality. It's it's on Game Pass. Um, if you're remotely into like artsy, weird, experimental video games or, or have enjoyed the other Sam Barlow games, I know her story like got a bunch of Game of the Year recognition when it first came out. So um, it's on Game Pass. It's, it's there to be checked out. And um, so I was playing it on my Series X. Um, the the 
the mind bending pieces that you were talking about when, like, when you click on an image and it moves to another one that's different or shape shifting. I the it just made me think of a game um, called Super Liminal. Super Liminal. Oh. I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. Yes. Yeah, it must be. I was playing that um, on Xbox, and that is very trippy. I highly recommend that. Wow. Um, speaking of um, Stanley Kubrick, this hallway with the red carpet for the Superliminal logo is exactly The Shining. So mm -hmm. that's a perfect, perfect recommendation, mm -hmm. too. Oh, that's amazing. Um, the other Game Pass game I've been checking out, um, I got, I saw a, you know, I have my like Twitter news feed that I call for news stories about games to try and help uh, have stories for the show. And um, I saw just one of those kind of like regular updates. Oh, these are the games leaving Game Pass soon. Uh, and on September 15th, a Plague Tale Innocence and Final Fantasy 13 are leaving the service, which, taking a step back, A Plague Tale, like the sequel comes out in October and is hitting Game Pass day one. I've not played the first one, but it looked incredible, and so I wanted to check that out. But then Final Fantasy 13, 13 2 and 13 3, Lightning Returns, are still going to be on Game Pass, but they're removing Final Fantasy 13. Um, and I've never played it. So, um, I set about installing a Plague Tale, and while I waited, and I'm still waiting, <laughs> I jumped into Final Fantasy 13 for the first time. Um, and it received, I think, at the very least, an Xbox One X enhancement, if not like a Series X enhancement. Um, I think like if you're gonna microanalyze it and like look at character animations, um, maybe you'd see some some of the fact that the game uh, was released in holy heaven 2009 13 years ago roughly but my god the enhancements they did just visually the game really stands up um i mostly just watched like a, a long series of cinematics and like final fantasies all like the cinematics are always gorgeous right but um it transitioned really smoothly into like some tutorial combat sequences uh and i i literally played like 20 minutes of it um if that but it hit the ground running in a really cool like um you know to use a film term in media res like it's in the middle of an action sequence um in a way that was really cool all of the enemy designs that they showed are like these amazing slick sleek mech looking things and it's all very evocative of final fantasy 7 but like pushed into the future um and uh and polished up and and uh, that connection is really appealing to me because final fantasy 7 was my first final fantasy game right and so um it's just been literally like just dipping my toe in but wow what a what a first impression um I've heard that those games could do can do that to people like just take you and suck you in just instantly with i think it was i think it was i want to say it was seven that james recommended oh the, to start yeah as like your first seven, game 
was it seven? Seven and Five. seven remake both like yeah. in the same way. I think it's a really great way to kind of have that conversation where, um, and is more parallels. Seven starts with a train ride. This game starts with a train ride and it's cinematic, right? Yep. Um, and then you you leap almost immediately into a battle tutorial, which is also what happens in Final Fantasy VII. Um, so, you know, the parallels were were probably intentional, right? Um, this main character's name is Lightning. Final Fantasy VII is Cloud. Okay. There's something going on there. But, has um, to. Has to be. Uh, <laughs> um, it just is, uh, the music was really amazing, too. It's a Final Fantasy game. What do you expect, Chris? But I, I was really like enjoying the, the music as well. So um, either I'm going to grind out as much of Final Fantasy 13 as I can in the next eight days and decide if I'm going to... It's like $13 when you have Game Pass to buy the full game. You get a 20% discount. That's so instead not bad. of it being 15 bucks, it's 13 bucks, which is also appropriate uh for final fantasy 13 so if i do play a bunch of it and find that i'm liking it i think i'm going to end up buying it um but i i almost want to shift my attention and focus on a plague tale to get ready for the sequel um because i've also heard that's a shorter experience yes i hold on yes i've been wanting i've been trying to find that game a plague tale because i heard i was like watching something about it and it like really intrigued me and all i could find was the second one innocence or wait is no that's the first one the innocence is the first one i believe so um a plague tale requiem is going to be the sequel that comes out in october oh then okay i need to go back and get find that yeah october 18th is uh plague tales a uh, plague tale requiem so Plague Tale Innocence, you still have eight days. It's on Game Pass, Angie. Go, I go, go. I need to, because I was so intrigued <laughs> by it. I need. I want to check oh, it we out. We could both be playing the same game for once, and we could actually have like a real discussion we about it, totally too. We should totally do it, yeah. Is this our homework? Did we just find our homework? <laughs> I haven't had homework for a couple years now, and yeah, it sounds nice. Let's do it. Let's do it. I, I literally like installed it two nights ago. So, <laughs> But you haven't started it yet? No, not at all. Okay, then um, I can still I, think, I mean, I hope it's done installing. I haven't checked. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. That was last night. It's been a very busy day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, you know, my existential crisis about my time perception aside, <laughs> let's jump into the news really quick. some news jams to like put the in news there are jamming. we're jamming with the news throw some dr uh guitar in there mm. i don't know how to play guitar though we have uh we should have james do that he's a i think he's a guitar person there we go oh i embarrassed myself on guitar hero arcade last night i was like i can play black sabbath on expert still oh, i got 12 percent of the song I was gonna say, it's not like riding a bike not, not it is not it is not remotely like riding a bike it's like riding a bike on like medium and maybe hard but expert is not like that. no yeah i've because i've been there and it i was like okay I, i've learned my lesson don't do that how how the mighty have fallen <laughs> yeah that's how i felt 
Uh, anyways, it was a rough night at the barcade last night. I got destroyed in Tetris. I was playing Tetris. I lost so quickly. Um, anyways, I think my big surprise news story, I was not expecting this, even though I know that they had announced this um, in advance that it would be coming, uh, comes from Ryan Dinsdale over at IGN saying Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty is the first expansion and it won't be on last-gen consoles. Um, I was looking at a little bit of additional reporting from Kotaku. I don't have the author, but um, in reading the Kotaku article, it sounds like maybe it will be the only expansion they do for um, for Cyberpunk 2077. But um, uh, as of today, they did a Night City Wire live stream um, and this will be the first major expansion to Cyberpunk 2077. Um, there's also going to be a patch 1.6 uh, that includes some DLC based off of the um, uh, coming yesterday. So this this is news um, from yesterday. I I apologize. Um, that the there's DLC hitting the game. Uh, so patch 1.6 is going to be on PS4 and Xbox One versions as well as current gen and PC, um, including a crossover with the Cyberpunk Edge Runners Netflix anime production that they're doing as like a side story in the universe. Um, and so it's going to include some costumes as well as a, uh, a sort of like a, a quest that's concurrent with the story uh, that you play in the original game. And then um, this Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty expansion is only going to be on the current gen next gen whatever you want to call it systems as well as pc and stadia weirdly um but um they have a short like 40 second kind of teaser of like what's going to go on um and it sounds like keanu reeves is returning as johnny silverhand um did you play cyberpunk at all angie yeah when i briefly had um a borrowed somebody's playstation um mm. played that for a moment in time and it, it was fun um and obviously there was some glitches at the time that i did play it but that was to be expected so i didn't i wasn't super upset about it because i expected there to be some glitches um i i can't that's the one thing people know to expect when they're playing right and that's and that's what i was wondering like firstly how is the game playing now with with the most recent patch, which I'm assuming is 1.5 since 1.6 is coming out, which will cover previous gen, if you want to go there, right. consoles. Um, it's a little interesting that they won't let this expansion, they'll only do it for a new, like, like 5X PC and Stadia. Why include Stadia if you're not going to include Xbox One and PlayStation 4? I just don't understand that part of it, but whatever. But um, you would think that because the game was released on all of them and, and still, as far as I know, not that many people have had access to getting a, a PlayStation 5 or Xbox Series X because of the chip issue. Sure, so right. That's kind Do of you know limiting things. What? I think it's just some freaking honesty from them for once of like, look, we shouldn't have said that this was going to be a PS4 and Xbox One game. We shouldn't have. The, the systems, we, are, we were too ambitious. The scope and graphical fidelity and amount of stuff going on in the game 
was not meant for those systems. And I don't think it ever was. Mm. Especially when you look at how long it took them to go back and, and get them to be like more playable. And like, I know people who played them on the past gen systems who, who said, you know, it, it was overblown, like it was glitchy, but it was fine. Right. Yeah. But I think the, the overall perception is like they're, their eyes were bigger than their stomach. Like it really would, should not have been targeted for those. That makes sense. And they, they kind of went back and just tried to keep their promise that it was going to be on those systems because you kind of like have to at a certain point. Yeah. And hopefully that'll, I mean, hopefully it allows them to get something that's less glitchy and and much more stable and really focus in on the narrative because i think whether or not the glitches were there i think um i'd be really curious to hear you know when someone says this is the team that made the the best action rpg of the last 10 years in the witcher 3 right i've never played it but i've heard And then you have a game that basically feels like kind of just Fallout 3, but with like slightly snappier gunplay. And like, it's like, is this the RPG that we're being promised? And part of it, I think, is that there's like a really intense magic trick happening where like the RPG systems are so integrated into the experience and the experience is so high fidelity that it feels like an action game but maybe you're being directed in a certain way and like you know there could be a completely separate story based on your decisions right that's that's the hypothetical promise of cyberpunk 2077 is it feels like call of duty but what's actually happening is fallout 3 and there's branching stories and stuff like that um so maybe it'll allow them to drill down and like really deliver on that promise right yeah especially if it gets the fidelity stuff out of the way. Anytime there's news about cyberpunk, it does make me want to try and check the game out again. I I would agree. Cause now I'm thinking like, maybe I should try this game. Cause I didn't get to play that much of the game. I, I mean, I didn't get that far. Did I don't you make think. it out of like the introductory sequence. Yeah. Do you know? I think you did. So. Okay. Because I think I was like on to the, se- the second branch of the story quest like i really also did not make it far in yeah but i think it's a bad sign like if you have a game that is by all extents and purposes grand theft auto and fallout 3 having a baby yeah set in a cyberpunk setting which is like incredibly appealing to me and i'm not glued to my screen something wasn't working Mm -hmm. for me And, and like Maybe the thing that wasn't working is that I have it on PC and I'm just not really a PC gamer, so who knows? Um, but if I know in the past, like when people talk about The Witcher 3, they're like, Witcher 3 really came into its own with the expansions. Mm-hmm. It was it started out a little bit choppy. It was fully stabilized by the time the first expansion came out. And that's where the, the money, you know, really start, like, you know, the rubber really hit the road or whatever cliche you want to throw at it. So... Hopefully this will be the same situation for Cyberpunk. I think um, the game deserves to have its reputation fixed a little bit. Yep. 
I agree. I'm glad a new patch out is coming though, uh, like for everyone, not just the next gen consoles. That's nice. I do like that. Yeah, I think it's a really good compromise, right? It's like okay, yep. like we're gonna we're gonna stabilize. We're gonna put out some content that ties into the Netflix show, and coming next year, if you have the next gen version, we're targeting that for our our expansion. Yeah, and I, my understanding is like the expansions are robust. Like to what specifically in reference to Witcher Three? Like Witcher Three's expansions are, are supposed to be like quite a significant content drop so hopefully that'll be uh the case there they do add um, dlc and other miscellaneous things to their patches it seems right so it, it's nice. like okay dlc is one thing but like an expansion really is like a significant yeah significant add-on to the game absolutely um the next story i want to tackle also incorporates an expansion in some ways <laughs> Um, which is that Xbox is announcing a cheaper Elite 2 core controller. Uh, this is from Taylor Lyles over at IGN as well. Um, and the reason that it's kind of an expansion is that you can buy the additional parts like paddles uh, and the replacement D-pad and, and different stick uh, control stick heights separately. Um, so um, I'm, I'm an Elite Series 2 controller owner. Um, I don't actually it that much um i i don't the i actually think the weight of it is too much for me personally um i and i don't use the paddles all the time um i also have an issue where i think one of my buttons on it is not registering but it's not in warranty so i just it's like one of my bumpers doesn't do something and the bumper ends up being a really important button but that's besides the point um, Just take the controller apart and see if there's something blocking it. Ah, yes, me. <laughs> I, I'm perfectly capable of handling that. I do it all the time. I, I did it to, to many of my controllers. I, I did it once when I was growing up, but it wasn't my $180 controller. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Um, but it might be time. Like if, if the bumper, like if my left bumper is not working and I use bumper jumper and halo Angie, gonna need it so um the the wire xbox elite wireless controllers series 2 core is the official name just adds core to it basically okay yes is gonna be (laughs) 50 dollars cheaper at 130 dollars, and it comes with the thumbstick adjustment tool a usb-c plus charging cable uh usb-c sorry that's an as a uh, registered trademark not an asterisk or a plus a USB-C cable and a white two-tone controller um, the things that it's missing that the elite series 2 normal version comes with is um, a charging dock a set of four paddles which are the uh, which are frankly like the whole reason to have an elite controller I think the, the sales pitch was we, we have the paddles on the back for you to map four buttons to to have easy access to. Um, so that's an interesting decision. Um, the adjustable thumbsticks, which they, they don't have, um, a standard D-pad. So it's got this weird like nine 
it, it almost looks like a disco ball is the d-pad that comes by <laughs> default, instead of coming with a traditional d-pad and it doesn't come with a carrying case um all of those parts that aren't included are being sold separately for sixty dollars and can be replacement parts for your existing elite controller um so if you lose your paddles and need to replace them they will have a, a way for you to buy them which is nice i guess but um, I don't know, has the idea of an elite controller, of a more customizable controller, a more premium controller ever appealed to you, Angie? Well, I've wanted to try the elite controller. I haven't, like, I was like, 180 bucks. I don't really even know if I want to do that. So I kind of, like, dabbled with, should I buy it, should I not buy it type of thing. Um, yes. So hearing that this core controller is basically the elite controller but without the accessories and the charging dock for $130 instead, I was like, okay, maybe I'll buy the core controller, but $180 versus 130. I feel like you should at least include the charging dock at, at least. I think, I don't know. I just, because yeah. apparently with these elite controllers, it's not just these accessories that make it elite, right? It's supposedly, supposedly um, better quality, of a controller so then it shouldn't break as easily or it shouldn't you know it should work more properly than like you know fifty dollar forty dollar ones you can buy at target or something thirty dollar ones whatever you what have you but um yeah i mean the the components are like the buttons are are it's a good feature the The triggers are metallic um it it has more weight to it Mm -hmm. um the the rechargeable feature is built into it so you're you're not needing to buy the battery um, packs something that like i almost forget about right it's like oh like the play and charge kit is its own separate expense right yeah um, but that's like 20 25 maybe 30 dollars at best buy or something because okay, that's like i just bought a pack of two batteries and it came with a cable and i think even a charging dock and just pop it in recharges for you for my regular controllers I don't know. I think I want to get this core controller as, you know, sure. looks really cool, whatnot, but I just, I feel like they should have added the charging dock with it at the very least. Yeah. I do think, um, the, this is maybe meant to counter the release of, uh, the equivalent of an elite controller for the PlayStation, which is the, the, um, dual sense edge wireless controller oh really uh, which is being marketed as an ultra customizable controller um with with uh the ability to control save control profiles um and and uh do some other things like that basically the the edge was sony's answer to uh the elite um i'm not sure i'm trying to dig up what the price for it is because i thought it was priced pretty aggressively compared to the elite one for the xbox um, i will it's oh, go ahead price... i was gonna say i know with this core it's a, control it's priced at 70 dollars is it now priced at 70 dollars or no the current so the standard one is supposed to be 70 and maybe there's not yeah, so they haven't revealed the price yet. Oh, okay. Never mind. So I'm wondering if this is them like preemptively putting price pressure on it, right? You can get a cool customizable, right? So one of the features that I think is not 
promoted super heavily with the mic with the xbox elite controller is like you can cycle through preset three different preset alternative button mapping choices right so when i was playing dark souls for the first time granted part of this was how i wanted to map the paddles that aren't included with this core version so it's almost redundant but you could say oh what buttons am i going to use in dark souls on my xbox and which ones should i map to the bumper or to the you know to the back paddles so that i have easy access to sprint and jump and and roll in all these places right so in that way the control profiles is like a feature that i think some people might find helpful i, I frankly found it a little confusing because like in my brain if i'm playing with the same controller i want the same button to to mean the same thing and you almost have to disconnect it and say this is not the a button being mapped here this is the jump being mapped here you know what i'm saying anyways i feel like i've gone really long on this controller thing <laughs> one more thing what it says in the um in the article that it will go to the xbox design lab so then the part that's white on the controller you can change it um, I think to other colors Ooh. when it comes to be holiday season here, I think. So that will, that's, that's kind of cool. So you don't have to have a white. I'm sure you can have it many other different colors. I think it says it's bringing the elite Two controller, just period, like full stop. Oh, cool. So you awesome. get the elite Two as a model and then go into the design lab. Sweet. Ooh, that. You want to talk about some real look at all the money I have to throw around in my Xbox <laughs> Like, think about it. You can get an Xbox Series S for less than twice the cost of the Elite. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, that's nuts. That is, absolutely. Um, I got mine refurbished and on heavy discount from Amazon. So I did not pay $180 for my controller. My mother would have been ashamed of me if I spent that much money on it when I could have gotten my bargain like I did. So um, her Maxinista ways have lived with me for my whole life. Enough about my mom, though. Um, I think it's time to end the episode if we're starting to talk about my mom. Uh, so let's quick jump into our mostly normal question for the week. Uh, Angie, do you want to go ahead and tackle this? Yes. Uh, let me get out of here. Okay. Um, so last week, I think when we recorded our last one, our last podcast, um, episode, uh, Rupert, my dog, I'm sorry. My dog is, he's, um, I can see and hear it. Can now. you hear him? He's dreaming. Yeah. It was getting picked up a little bit. I hope it's a good dream. It seems like it might not be. It was, sometimes it gets... He gets really snorty, and sometimes he gets aggressive, and he'll see his legs just going. It's hilarious. Yep. His legs are <laughs> kicking. Uh, anyway. Okay. So the last one, the last uh, episode we recorded last week, so it was, what game has the best theme music? Um, we obviously said ours on the, the episode, so if people missed it, please go re-listen or go listen for, to last week's. But... Um, at Johnny Samsonite, so our other one of our other co-hosts, he said that Legend of Zelda Wind Waker is his 
he thinks that's the best theme. That has the best theme music, which I haven't played it. I did. I mean, I did the demo before, but that's, and it was forever ago. So I don't really remember. I had to look that one up. And then our, um, one of our other co-hosts we uh, sometimes have on here as well. <laughs> I can't, his, I can't say his name without laughing, but Lord Primus. James. You did it. <laughs> um, so the Final Fantasy, uh, bad at Roman numerals. What is that one? 11? Nine? Nine? I went backwards. Yep. X, XI would be 11, right? Yes. Okay, so then I had it backwards. Nine. Okay. Melodies of Life was his favorite, or he thinks is the best. Um. So that's, it was very interesting. I wanted to have more people comment on that, but nobody did. Shame, shame. But um, we have a new one. Shame, shame. We know your name. <laughs> uh, but we do have a new one this week or for this episode, and I did post it already, so people go out there and tell us what you think. But the best Zelda game is, what do you think? So... I mean, I I feel like I'm trapped because I keep saying my favorite game of all time yeah. is Breath of the Wild. It's such a good game. You're not wrong at that. Part, it is a good game. Part of it is because it's defying and recontextualizing the conventions of a Zelda game. So d- does the best Zelda game have to be the one that is definitive and like sets up what the conventions of a Zelda game? Whatever you think would be the best. Because right now, right here, we don't have to go by popular opinion and agree with what they say. This is true. We can do what we want here. I'm tempted to say, I'm tempted to say that the best Zelda game is linked to the past because literally Every Zelda game since then, except Breath of the Wild, referred back to the story structure of Link to the Past. You're not Breath wrong. of the Wild was unique in that it instead referred back to the story structure of Zelda 1 on the NES. Um, I also think it is also a phenomenal video game. So I, I think the definitive Zelda game certainly linked to the past. My favorite game and my favorite Zelda game is Breath of the Wild. And I will leave that for people to parse which is best. Now, I want to hear your answer, Angie. (laughs) So, um, A Link to the Past is a very good game. Very good game. Very classic. It's, honestly, it is, like, on, there's, I'm just going to stop right there. I, my pick because I had such good memories playing it, and I played it so many times, I can't even count, would be The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. That one's my favorite. Like As I, could, I said last I, week. I could play it blindfolded, I bet. Best theme music in any video game, potentially. Yeah. Um, I have a friend who's played Zelda so many times that he tried to play every Zelda game in 48 hours or 24 hours 
I think it was 48 hours. And watching him play through, the way you said I could play it with a blindfold on, watching him play through Ocarina of Time faster than I've, not like a speedrunner fast, but just like beelining and knowing that you can go start planting the bean sprouts like early, early on. And then like how quickly he did that broke my brain. And I think like something that's important about Ocarina of Time is like, it is a game that you could revisit. And like, I think like the conventions of 3D action games have just barely gone on long enough that it's like maybe going to be a little bit quirky, but I think it like it holds up so well for being such an literally the first time they put that series in 3D and it holds up so well. Mm-hmm. Um, amazing. Absolutely. You said you can play with a blindfold. I feel when like I could. First? I haven't tried it, but I feel like I could. Well, if we ever need to do an extra live stream. <laughs> I mean, I have my 64. I'm ready to it's rock. Right. Yeah. Um, when was the first time you played it? Oh, man. I was really young because um, I remember I was at my dad's house. Oh, man. How old was I when I started playing that game? I have to. You have to do some calendar math. Yeah, well, because, like, you know how you can think of something that matches what year that may have been? Does that make sense? Mm hmm. I would have been nine or ten. And. I literally what first watched my friend play a bunch of the game and then like had this friend who was three years older than me across the street. And I would get, I was like, Oh, like, what do I do next? What do I do next? Mm -hmm. And I got to, I got to the final boss and I was like, I, I can't beat him. I need to, you need to beat him for me. <laughs> and I made my older friend do the final boss fight against Ganondorf and Ganon for me and then once I saw that it was possible I went back and did it myself and then I literally Angie I would replay that final fight over and over and over again because it, awesome. when it like when you're a 10 year old a nine year old and you're like in that fight and the castle's crumbling and Princess Zelda's there and comes through at the end with the bow of light like oh my god it was unbelievable. And those graphics at the time, it was out of this world. It was awesome. Yeah. And it, I want to say, I think I was, I think I was nine or 10, maybe yeah. 11, maybe. It's, it's such a special game. And like, I, I like, fell back in love with it when they did the 3ds re-release oh yeah uh, which is which is fantastic as well and just having the the menu interface on the touch screen made doing the water temple a whole different experience it was a pleasure because you could just take on and put put on and take off your um metal boots to weigh you down 
And so it became a completely different experience instead of needing to kind of go into the cumbersome menu or like take up one of your equipment slots with them. Yep. You could just toggle them on and off on the touchscreen. Whole different game. Specifically, the water temple is a whole different game. Yeah. Anyhow. Um, awesome. Well, I, I have to hear everyone chime in with their responses about what the best Zelda game is, because I think it it's such a, a rich question because they're all so fun and so good and like unique in their own ways that make them special. Mm -hmm. And so I think hearing what someone's favorite Zelda game is almost like a personality test, you know, like you get to know a lot about the person by the way. They oh yeah. Absolutely. Um, with that, I think that's going to wrap the show for this week. Um, thank you all for listening, Angie. As always, thank you for jumping on and recording with me. This was really fun. I always have a great time when we record the podcast together. Um, you can find me at VG Occasion on Twitter. Um, you can follow the show at MN Gamers Podcast. But more importantly, Angie, where can people find you? At Stellar Smalls. Awesome. Um, if you'd like to email us, send those to podcast at mostlynormalgamers.com. Um, go ahead and check out our old monthly newsletter at mngamers.substack.com. Chime in with your answers to the question of the week at our Google voice number, 507-291-2991. As James says, you could just save that as a contact in your phone and be like, you know what? Those mostly normal idiots need to hear my thoughts on this. I can't believe Chris said that Link to the Past is the foundational Zelda <laughs> game. That's not even the first one. Let us know. Send us a text message. Uh, and finally, please give the show a review on the podcast platform of your choice and share it with a friend. And when they listen to this, when you guys listen to this episode... I, I'm hoping that we drop this on Friday, which two days from today. The next day, Saturday, Ubisoft Forward is going to be bringing some news to everybody about Assassin's Creed, if you care. Which I, This is true. Which I do, so I'm going to be listening. They'll probably talk about it next we're week. Still, we're still in the like summer of games window. It's so vast. I know, I know. These press conferences go on forever now. Um, but yeah, it's uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage, um, which talk about a, an exciting name for a video game. Right, um, I'm interested to hear and see what they have going on with what I've been reading. So I want to I see what they're talking about. It's... It's really, like, amazing. And I, it's been two years, right? Valhalla was two years ago, so. Mm-hmm. I'm still playing it. It's time. It's it's time. Um, with that, we're going to stop the show for now. Everyone, go play some games. Have a great rest of your weekend, uh, hoping that this drops on Friday. Uh, and we'll catch you all next time. Peace. Bye.